Season 2, Episode 24 of Four Seasons and a Funeral. This is this episode where we talk about the Season 2 special features and the entirety of the season. Um, I, I can only apologize for that opening. I fucking hate you so, so... much. Like, why were you going for like some like that wasn't even like ASMR shit? Like, what was that? I honestly don't know, dude. Like, <laughs> I just let my brain take it away, and sometimes my brain fails me. Like, it did. Like, like, like what just happened? Jesus, uh, that was horrible. That was really bad. Oh man! But yeah, it's our season two recap show. Yay! We so- made it. First off, though, um, how has everyone been since our last recording? Because it's been like a week now. Yeah, actually, we had some some time go by. Um, I'm happy because hockey is back, and my sports ball team won the sports ball against the LA Rams, so I'm in a good mood. You you did have some sports team victories this past week. It was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, mostly just the same as always. Oh, we started fantasy hockey again, so I get to shit talk Charlie as I beat the shit out of his uh, fantasy <laughs> hockey team. <laughs> You're not even beating the shit out of me. Like, let me go look at the the matchup right now. I'm up 8-2 on you right now. Yeah, but we're separated in... So you're ahead of me in assists by three. You're ahead of me in points by three. You have one more shorthanded point than me, one more game-winning goal. Um, a higher shot percentage, and then all the goalie stats. Like, we're tied, or, like, it's not that big of a, a loss, in my mind, is how I'm coping. <laughs> Beat the shit out of Charlie's <laughs> fantasy hockey team. Um, Yeah, we started playing Fall Guys as well. We did a little gorilla oh, stream yeah. on our Twitch account with a friend of ours called Salt. Um, shout out shout out to you salt no salt medium salt whatever salt salt who's played for 36 hours and yet david and i got crowns before him (laughs) yay out of our squad of four people only charlie and i have wins and we have the lowest (laughs) play times i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure my win yesterday was maybe my 20th match I am, uh, as we as we have all learned, I am in fact the worst at the video games. Uh, some of them, <laughs> most of the ones that require reactions, is what I'm going to go with. <laughs> so all video games, life. He's bad at life. No, life like, needs reactions. Everything is reactions. What do you mean? Oh, like Slay the Spire. I'm pretty good at. It's still reactions, though. You mean reaction time? Yeah, reaction time, fine. Not Th- that one. Reactions. Nah, reactions. <laughs> I mean, judging by this conversation, he's also bad at reactions. <laughs> <sighs> I am terrible at reacts. Never watch uh, Nick's reaction channel. <laughs> <laughs> or do, because it'll be terrible, and that's what you're there for. I guess. Um. So, um, like we did for last season, this episode, we're going to go over the special features that we just watched for the season two. That we got off of the DVD. Um, as well as we'll do a general overview of the season. So overlying plots and sort of character character development. As well as what our favorite episode was. And what our favorite fringe element was for the episode. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll just start with. We started with the dissecting the scenes or the analysis of the scenes for the special features. 
And these were just like two to six minute clips of them going through one scene in some episodes. But some of them were really cool because they did the here's how we threw Anator's stunt double through a windshield in uh, the first episode of the season, which was let's put her on a catapult and some breakaway glass and hope she doesn't die. Which, yeah, yeah, basically. We, <laughs> we once again, like, basically what these, like, taught me was just, once again, the, the, sprin- the, the fringe, springe, uh, fringe special effects team. Uh, <laughs> you mean the springe team. The springe team. Um, d- did, like, way too much work. Like, they did their job way too well. Uh, and it, like, they have it does too show. much of a budget. Well, and it shows Seriously. so much compared to TV shows at the of the of the of that age, um, because yeah, all their stuff looks better because they either like spent like a week prepping something, uh, so they didn't yeah. have to do a CGI thing, or like they did like way too much makeup on people, and it looked really good. Well, yeah, because there's so there's the episode where um, Cal Kestis from Star Wars: Fallen Order um, <laughs> okay. has mind control powers, and uh, of the, human action. Yeah, yeah, that's of human suckage, excuse you. <laughs> um, and makes the cop fall off the parking lot roof. And you're like, okay, so it's like a dummy or something, or there's wires. No, this stunt double just fell 52 feet onto this massive airbag, but was yeah. like, yeah, if I'm off by like a couple feet, I'm going to die. <laughs> but it's fine. Don't worry. This is what I got I paid this, though. For. I got this. And, and you're like, just like, what the fuck? Just like Olivia's stunt double being like, yeah, I, I'm going to try and protect, you know, I got my mouth guard, got to protect the keep teeth, just got them fixed again. I'm going to use my <laughs> elbows to break the uh, windshield of this car as they launch me out of it. Yeah, and it, yeah, because it was like, it was like a breakaway windshield. And then they're like, oh, we also have this pneumatic shotgun tube that's going to fire out more broken glass. So that there's at, like there's more glass coming out, so it looks better. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. So like once again, this is our like once every like four months thing to just give like massive props or properties to the, uh, the prop <laughs> <Yeah>. team, <laughs> the uh, oh. property master, as we've learned. Like, yeah, it was a shock to me. Um, they also showed off during of human action the the car explosion where we were like that car shouldn't explode like that. Well, technically it should because they had a fucking tank in the front to flip it over and then explosive charges in it. And the one stunt guy was like, this is a very complicated setup. And all I saw was like 18 wires covered in duct tape. It's really good. (laughs) I really like how they're like, yeah, no, we spent about a week like hollowing out this car and then we got it on like the rails. But it's not actually on rails. It's just being like dragged by like a wire. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And we're going to blow it up. It's like, all right. Cool guys. Uh, we also found out the one stunt coordinator. His name is Michael Mitchell. Oh, That's... that poor Don't man. Don't raz Michael Mitchell. <laughs> that he didn't ask for that name. <laughs> it's not his fault. <laughs> he could have changed it. He could have oh. changed it. But yeah, that was those were cool little things. They weren't like super interesting, but we a lot I of think... it we've also talked about through. Yeah. I think just like the, the fun facts and reading up during the episode. So. Nothing yeah. there was too uh, new to us. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. The other sort of like short ones that we saw were also the deleted scenes. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, my general take, like I don't have anything like specific except for one of them. Um, but I don't have anything like specific that I want to like say about any of the like deleted scenes. Oh, like, just, I do. 
well, no, except for the one. I said. Oh, yeah. There's, there's <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> but for most most of the deleted scenes, I think there were like five or six of them. Um, yeah. They were just. About, yeah. they, I, I could tell why they got cut. Like there, yeah. there was. They were. They were. They didn't add a huge amount to the whole like lore of the universe. They were just there. Um, yeah, the, scene sixty nine, nice. Uh, other than that, <laughs> <laughs> and and so scene sixty nine is. Um, gray matters and it's just a deleted scene where walter is talking to the one previous schizophrenic guy who he's in the opening scene where his like he's got the brain surgery being done on him um and walter's just having a conversation and it's a really nice moment it doesn't really matter much and it kind of kind of contradicts itself because walter's like oh me not having my brain doesn't make me crazy and it's like well it kind of does and like it's a nice scene but i can yeah i can see why they were cut yeah, it doesn't yes. really add much. It adds However, some closure to that character specifically, but I don't think he ever comes back, so who fucking cares? Yeah, However, it really doesn't matter. There, there was one deleted scene that I am shocked that they cut. It added <laughs> so much. David actually... See, this is crazy, because um, this was for Over There Part 1, I believe. Yep. We mentioned this in the fun yeah. facts, that they had to, they cut a scene that was just product placement for Ford Taurus. And <laughs> in talking to it, we were like, yeah, we can see why it got cut, but I'm sure it wasn't that bad. And then we watched it, and it was like, holy shit, was that just a car commercial? So, so it, here's... <laughs> you, you want to set the scene for it, Charlie? Yeah. You want me to? Because it's, it's Peter and Walter in it driving somewhere. Uh, I'm sure there is more scenes around it cut, because I don't know where they're driving to. All right, can, but, I, can I can I can I cut in because the start of it is amazing as well. Well, the uh, start of it is just zoomed in on the bumper of this car right at the Taurus <laughs> no, letter plate. No, the start the start of the scene is you see a silver car in the background drive towards you, and then it zooms towards the Ford logo a little bit, zooms past, and then you cut to the bumper of the Ford Taurus. <laughs> And then they they cut out of the scene with them once again zoomed out shot of a Ford car driving forwards <laughs> so that you get the Ford logo. And then we cut into the car on the dashboard of the Taurus logo in the car. <laughs> and then we see someone press the media button of this super fancy car and they start playing music. And yeah, and then they have this really awkward conversation of Peter being like, "Oh yeah, I love this." Was like the soundtrack to my to our lives, and Walter is like, "Oh yeah, I love their their third album." And Peter's like, "What? What do you mean third album? They only made one, and it it just doesn't matter." It is very like, much it just like, absolutely does not matter. I I would argue that the it is a nice moment between Peter and Walter Nitt, but then they cut out and we see the car again as the car drives to camera, so we can get a nice close look of the logo again. It's really upsetting. Uh, it is so blatant product <laughs> placement, and it so perfectly dates the show. Yes. Uh, and I love it for all the wrong reasons. I am so glad that it's a deleted scene that I got to see. Um, I am also <laughs> so glad that it wasn't in the show. Uh, <laughs> we would have we yelled about this for 10 minutes were it, were it to be in the episode. Like, the pacing of that episode is so tight. And, like, every minute matters so much in Over There Part 1. And can you imagine, like, a whole minute 30 just being dedicated to this? Like, oh, it's, but, it's incredible. So, so, and the, the the thing that sort of would have made me so upset if this had been in the scene was the fact that, so this brings in just another element of like, oh, look how the two universes are different. 
And they do that so well in the background of so many scenes in that episode. Yeah, you really don't need this to point out, hey, the universes are different. Ooh. Because oh, there's so many little things and they bring they draw attention to a couple of them, like the um, Cabbage Patch Kids and things like that. But then yeah. there's also the ones in the background, like the like different like uh, U.S. map and things. The oh, DC just... comics as well. Like there are a bunch that stand yeah. out way more like... than this imaginary band having three albums. <laughs> like, it's not even a real band. It's a fake band. Is it a fake band? It's a fake band. It's not even a real band. What was it? It was Violet Chair Sedan? (laughs) That's that's a name. It's not even a real, like, band. That that just sounds like one of your passwords. (laughs) Uh, Violet Sedan Chair. Yeah, fictional band from the TV show Fringe. There's... cool. They have a last FM page. What? Someone nice. probably made a fan thing. Yeah. It has fifty nine thousand scrabble. What does that even mean? And no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, those are the deleted scenes. Um, after that, what did we watch? Uh, um, gag reel. Right, yes. gag reel, uh, which is man. just Joshua Jackson being real nervous at all times and speaking <laughs> the fantastic line. I'm not nervous. It's Chinatown. I'm fine. <laughs> well, it's also just a man, Lance Reddick's normal voice. Uh, yeah, oh. it's real upsetting to hear. Lance Reddick's normal voice is so much higher pitch. It's still a deep voice, but it's so much higher pitch than just, his Broyles voice. It or sounds his... crazy coming out of his mouth because of the Broyles voice. <laughs> like, well, the Broyles voice and the Zavala voice. Like in Destiny, he keeps the Broyles voice. It's how well, also he talks in um, most... Horizon, he sounds the same as well. Yeah, it's, it's like, almost it's... like everyone really likes that voice, but it's hard for him to just keep it up at all times. So he, he should. just goes to his normal he should. voice. He really should. No, that, um, God, that'd be so much work. <laughs> listen. Um, also, John Noble hearing his real accent is distressing same with same with Anatorv. all the real accents <laughs> joshua like, oh jackson's god, the only real person on this show oh god they're <laughs> real people they don't sound like how they do in the tv what joshua jackson and i feel bad because i forget her name but the woman who plays astrid uh, uh, jessica jessica or, nicole yeah jessica yeah. yeah. nicole yeah. they're the only real people on this show <laughs> that's unfortunate oh. for everyone else <laughs> and then we came to the best special feature, John Noble and the Property Master. <laughs> because we found out today, we were today years old, uh, w- when we found out that prop stands for property. Yep. It's, uh... Does it, though? I've never heard that, like, uh, yeah, extension of the word props to mean property. I saw, like, when you said, like, Property Master, I'm like, oh, they're going to do, like, a tour of, like, the whole set. Like, oh, look, this is where we like, you know, like, the property. (laughs) Yeah. He's the real estate agent who books their sets. (laughs) Yes, that's what I thought it meant. Yeah, a prop formerly known as theatrical property. Okay, I guess. Just sounds weird. I don't think I've ever heard it used like that. The earliest known use of the term properties in English refers to stage accessories in the 1425 morality play, The Castle of Perseverance. That's fucking weird and wrong, and we shouldn't call them properties ever again. Also, question then, props, is that from a different word? I think it's just been shortened from properties. Well, no, props as in like, oh, mad props, like mad respect. Uh, 
Um, oh, <laughs> that would be like early American slang. Also, I would imagine. I didn't realize you were from the 2000s, Nick. <laughs> Listen, man. Sometimes. Mad props, go dog for shizzle. <laughs> Uh, the first usage of the word props referring to set properties was in 1841, according to the Oxford English Dictionary. Maybe someone was complimenting someone like uh, about their stage props, and someone overheard and went, man, that sounds cool. I'm going to start using that. Well, no, because now instead of saying mad props, I want to say mad properties. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know. I need to know what the full word is. landowner or something. <laughs> I, I think we need to contact the people who run the Bunny Trails podcast and ask them to do the etymology on the term props. Because <laughs> now I need to know what the full word is so I could start using that one instead. Oh my gosh. You don't even use the word props, though. But yeah. now I will. <laughs> uh, we got to stop being friends with Nick. That's <laughs> uh, fine. Yeah, uh, so it's just John Noble and the prop master going around looking at several props they made for the show, like the the one that makes John Noble's brain work better in mm-hmm. Grey Matters and the other neural enhancer he did for uh, the Observer Child, I think. Um, well, we Excuse saw it you, in Ghost Network and the Observer Child. I think we also saw yeah. it this season somewhere. I don't remember when. They they bring it back a bunch. It's a yeah. fancy looking prop yeah. that you can't cannibalize for something else, so it but just sticks around. <laughs> the entire time, it's the prop master being like, "And yeah, these are fake syringes, and they just depress without going to the skin." And John Noble's like, "Oh my god, how is that actually possible?" It's oh, important. <laughs> Or like, hey, we can change the lights on these tanks of brain matter, and John's like, "How do you do that?" And wow. I'm sure someone went up to John Noble and went like, hey, play this up. It's a special feature. Kids will watch it. They'll be interested. Like, But he just, did it as if he's like... It's a little too like, much. Yeah, it's a little bit too, ooh, how do you do that? I don't understand. And then oh, the next gee, seat, Willikers, how do you do that, mister? <laughs> and yeah, and then the next bit is John Noble being like, yeah, I know how these syringes work. I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he like breaks the immersion for a second. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, let me let me tell you about these syringes. Well, he's like, uh, oh, look. he's like, hey, I got a trade secret for you. We have a truck full of shit. You need anything? You ask them, and they go, give me a second. I gotta go get my truck full of shit. That's yep. the place to fucking rob. <laughs> and, and you're like, that's a trade secret that you have props. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> I am John Noble. <laughs> um, oh my! Uh, my other favorite thing from this whole little uh, property master uh, and John Noble thing uh, is how we were all trying to figure out what the blurred out prop was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's a moment where they're talking and they change the props on the desk, and then one of them just blurred out, and we're like, "Wait, why? What is that?" And we're looking, we're like, oh, there's like a big, like, it looks like a big red M. Maybe it's like a massive dynamic thing. Oh, it's probably for like next season. Maybe it's spoilers. Like, and then it's like, they cut to a different scene. And then we can tell that the blur went away. So we're like, ah, Charlie, go frame by frame. Let's see if we can see it. And it's the devil cakes from the elephant face people episode where he's in the library looking for documents on Project Elephant and finds the box of devil cakes. And Astrid's like, I'll buy you more. That's the prop. Yep. It's like, oh man, we didn't have the uh didn't have the trademark to have it in this the special features, so I don't know why. Is Devil Cakes <laughs> an actual product? I don't I don't know. I thought know. it was a made up product. I thought so too, but 
who knows? Maybe they thought it was made up and then they got sued, but they, the episode was already out. <laughs> and they went, oh shit, we could still catch this in the special features though. Hostess also makes devil cakes just on the side. <laughs> or no, Although, sorry, they were devil dogs, right? Devil dogs. Oh yeah, yeah. devil dog. Um, That's a D&D I, monster. Well, yeah. uh, well, it appears devil dogs is... Yeah, no, Devil Dogs is an actual thing. Ah, okay. okay Cream-filled devil's clearance. food cakes. Yeah. Probably couldn't get clearance for it then for the uh, special features. It's just super weird. Hmm. They um, still sell them. And then we watched the really long special feature, which was the uh, myth- mythology of Fringe, where they talked yeah. about essentially like long-running plots they had this episode, Yeah. right? Yeah, just going yeah, through the whole scene. It wasn't really great. <laughs> yeah. It was very surface level. Like Yeah. It it's was just like, hey, we had this, didn't we? <laughs> hey, do you remember how we tied up these plot holes? The only cool thing that came out of that is we found that Thomas Jerome Newton was referred internally <laughs> for a while as Omega Man. Omega Man. Omega Man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both for chiming in on that. Um, and then, because why not, there was a cipher uh, as part of the section bumpers, and it spells out mole, and I think we're led to believe that's to do with Bolivia um, Ginger Livia. Take, taking real Livia's place in our universe. All right, and now, David, did you spot the uh, next episode clue in special you. features. <laughs> go to your house and stab you. You can't do that. We have a stay-at-home order. Exactly. I'll break it. You, you'll be breaking even more laws. It's not allowed. I'm already going to murder. I'm sure that's an essential requirement. I'm sure that's essential. Uh, um. Well, then, I guess that's all the special features. They were okay. Like, it, I don't mind wasting as... a half hour, 20, like 50 minutes watching them. Yeah. They weren't as good as the season one, but I think season one, they had more to talk about because it's like the beginning of the show and stuff. Yeah. So. Also, also, the fact that the pilot was like a, a, a movie. F- a film. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was also really good of one of the directors being like, yeah, the finale for this season, it feels like a movie. It's a movie you have to be caught up on in order to understand and enjoy, but it's a movie. I'm like, yeah, it's no, they're called the, sequels. The, the the best the best line from one of the writers was, yeah, no, we had to figure out how to like uh, have a twist that blows away the twin towers from last yeah. year. <laughs> We're just like, dude, dude, uh, phrasing, phrasing. Does that mean JJ was behind 9/11? <laughs> Did JJ cause 9/11 to make fringe? Uh, oh, I'm just gonna leave this in the in the um, dust oh, now. No, the other cool part was in the prop segment. The prop master also had the script sections relevant to the props, like what direction the writers gave. Oh, and yeah. they they had like the sonic scalpel that the observers use in the Brown Betty episode, the the weird one. And it's like, yeah, what's the prop description that the writers gave you? And it's a sleek weapon like nothing we've ever seen before. <laughs> and yeah. just like, like, thanks, guys. Thanks. Once again, so, the special effects team is insane. <laughs> the special effects team, in many ways, carries this show. 
Well, I liked also when they showed off the observer's cell phone. They're like, yeah, they'll have the observer symbols there. And he's like, yeah, but what are the symbols? And they're like, go make it. Go make up the symbols. <laughs> yeah, um, the special effects team definitely didn't get paid enough for this. Uh, yeah. Like, however much they actually got paid. They... Oh, that's the one we forgot about was the, uh, the, head, the head thieves, the head robbery episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, where they were going over, like, how do we make mercury blood? And oh, all yeah, they did that was, cool. was they took fake blood and then put silver cake frosting cake on topping. it. it cake, and it, cake dust. And they're like, we dribble it on and we blow it off and boom, it looks like mercury. And you're like, holy shit. It holy does look shit, like mercury. It really does. And then you can move it and look, it's blood. <laughs> it's really. Uh... And you're like, holy shit, that's awesome. It's <laughs> yeah, so easy. Go, we should do that for Halloween this year. <laughs> Honestly? Make a cake with with mercury frosting. Yeah. We Be could. Cool. We'd have to make our own fake blood, but that's just cornstarch. Yeah, yeah, and then we can drink it. We just gotta look up an episode of <laughs> <laughs> We just have to look up an ex- episode of Dexter because he gives a recipe for fake blood in like the first or, episode, I think. Or, you know, we can just hit the Google button? No, everything has to come from TV. <sighs> It's a Google button. How many nope. seasons did Dexter have? Too many. I think six. Ah, <laughs> oh, good. I don't want to do Dexter. <laughs> no, neither do I. Uh, how many seasons did you have? Oh, nine. Never mind. Yeah, oh, I was like, it, it had way too many <laughs> for us to be able to do. All right. Um, in that season... case, yeah, yeah, season overview. So. Season two was the, as they mentioned also in some of the special features, season one was really like the setup and prologue. Season two was more of them starting to tie up some of the loose ends they had in season one, as well as really get into the alternate universe stuff. This is the season where we had the, re- we had the full reveal about Peter, as well as Walter's sort of relationship with the alternate universe, as well as Walternate and the whole alternate Fringe Division and ZFT organization. So, out of this, what are some sort of story arcs or, um, I'll say, like, multi-episode plots that stood out to you guys? Um, they, they gave it a name in the mythology, but Olivia's gun arc, which is the first couple episodes, is really good. Yeah, with her recovery from the yeah. Ultra Universe trip? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, introducing Samwise as a character, because that guy is just great as Samwise, like, that's... He's just a really fun character to watch. But yeah. Olivia's entire like vulnerability and recovery and they really do a good job in those couple episodes of being like Olivia's vulnerable and instead of being the closed off person she was before, she's kind of opening up instead of locking down. It was it was a really good mini arc. I like that one a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh Nick, do you have one? Um Give me give me a second to think about it, okay. David. Go to go to you, and I'll I'll um, come back to me. I quite enjoyed the shapeshifters, um, just in general. Uh, I think adding shapeshifters to the story added a layer that they were sort of missing from season one. Like they had the threat of the like the uh, internal like uh, fringe threats. Like what was his name? Uh, Douchebag McGee, his sexual harasser dude. Like. Oh, yeah, 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 him. They had that sort of, like, threat from internally fringe, but they never really dealt with sort of moles or spies and stuff in Fringe yeah. Division, which I think the Shapeshifters was a natural progression for that storyline in Fringe. And, and this also, was kind of like an omnipresent threat for most yeah. of the season. And also, like, 
very sad how Charlie went, but like it was cool. If, if you're what a cool. way to kick off a season. Oh, yeah, yeah. V- what a way kill off one of the main characters and then replace him and then just like have him be like there as a villain. Like definitely awesome. And yeah. Uh so I think probably one of my favorite arcs that hasn't been talked about. Both of those arcs are incredible arcs. Uh but I really like so season 1 we see um like the the progression of Walter uh in season 1 is very much from crazy person to lovable um, and this season uh-huh. is very much, uh, you've got this lovable character and they mentioned this once again in the special features, uh, but you've got this lovable character and here are all these like dark parts of this lovable character. And can you still love him? Uh, yeah, and each let's, character let's having to deconstruct struggle with him that. because like yeah. Astrid, Astrid in season one had to deal with dark parts of Walter when Walter literally drugged her, uh, and knocked her out. Um, but season two, we see Olivia having to deal with it because of, uh, the Cotexafan trials and everything with that. And then we see Peter have to deal with it in the big season finale of, oh yeah, no, you're actually not my son. Um, <laughs> I took you from an alternate universe, but I promise it was to help. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really, it's really interesting to see because, uh, as like a viewer, you go from mad, uh, un- unpredictable person to this lovable character. And then in season two, we actually have to deal with the fact that how much should we actually be loving Walter and loving like the character that's being portrayed there. Right. This is sort of where his backstory actually becomes relevant and we as the viewers have to face it. Like we've been told a lot that he's been he's done bad things. But like yeah. this is like, hey, these are the bad things he did. Like they he is weren't a bad good. person. <laughs> yeah, we get the and they also try to redeem him a little bit where it's like well why did you steal like an alternate version of your son and it was like well he had good intentions he just wanted to cure him so that his son didn't die twice and then it was his love for his wife that made him keep peter weak weak woman (laughs) (laughs) so so okay here's here's another one what's everyone's favorite undercut a moment david favorite line from favorite line from the season Because it sounds like, David, your favorite is weak, weak woman. No, they didn't say weak, weak woman. It's just Peter going, my mother, she was weak. (laughs) (laughs) Which is such a thing to say about your mom who killed herself. She was weak and very, very sad. (laughs) Like, uh, um, I don't know, actually, what my favorite line is. That's hard to say off the top of my head. Like, cause there's, what's your favorite, like Walter line? Cause he's got so many. Walter's got a bunch of good one-liners. Like there's, I think for me, it has to be one of the Walter one-liners. I'm just trying to like. There's remember. a good one early on where we have the New York City buildings merge. Right. Where he goes, oh, I really hope there isn't a God. Cause if there is, his sense of humor is quite demented. Yeah, oh, that, that was, was a good, good one. one as well. Yeah. Yeah. I legitimately think all of them are going to be Walter one-liners at some point. Um, yeah, <laughs> there is there there were some there were some pretty good like awkward Walter one one-liners uh, like the 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 one where he's like explaining to Peter and then goes way too much into detail about like past like experiences. We'll say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was what uh, momentum deferred. Where he's talking think... about the. Uh... Yeah, that's that's when Former we learned that Walter's. Subject? Yeah, that's when we. Oh, well, yeah, no, yeah, and yeah, yeah. isn't that where we learned that Walter must have at least been like a switch? Uh, yeah, because he yeah. goes in about like, oh, I'm fine with either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I I think like it's not like a singular line, but the entire conversation between Walter and RoboCop um, towards the end of White Tulip is always one of my favorite oh, conversations. Oh, that was very good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just their um, different takes on the morality and ethical dilemmas of their situations is always nice. David, so currently I'm listening to the season one bonus features right now because I'm trying to figure out where, because we made you make guesses on what season two was going to be. Right. And I want to oh, get those right I don't now. Have, I don't have that notebook available, unfortunately. I had them somewhere, but I think it's in a different notebook. And Are I'm you try- listening to the actual episode? I'm I legitimately don't... listening to it, and I'm trying to find them right now. <laughs> okay, I... so that's what I can hear in the background of your noise, by the way. <laughs> oh. Oops. I was like, what is that squeaking noise? That's going to be a pain. <laughs> Sorry, man. I'll, I'll stop for now. But oh, I, was... I, just thought, I just thought people above you were having sex. So I, I was like, oh, Nick can't, <laughs> Nick can't stop this. Yeah. It'll you only know, last like, two minutes. It's fine. I was going to say, you know the guys that live above Nick. They're not having sex. Well, last well. year. <laughs> last year, there was that great time during the middle of one of my exams where I was being filmed because it was a respondus exam. Is that... Um, oh, like, this is an amazing story. Uh, don't ever hear this. We can tell this story. Um, yeah, uh, Nick was doing his test, and then he tells me, apparently, uh, he came, the, one of our upstairs neighbor came home, like, drove home, went upstairs with a girl, had sex, and then left all in the span of five minutes. It was, oh, it was really, it was really weird, because, like, I'm, I'm writing my exam, and my window's in front of me, so I can see out the window, and I hear a door slam, and I see two people walk up. Uh, I'm like, okay, cool, two people showed up, and then I hear them go up into the room, like, right above me, and I'm writing this exam, and I'm like, okay, cool, um, there, nothing's, you know, it's like two in the afternoon, this is fine. And then all of a sudden, there's like a squeaking sound that starts, and I'm writing an exam, and it's like, because it's an online exam, I have to have, like, my webcam, like, and, like, mic on the whole time so the people who like have to like go back and like check for things this is obviously going to get flagged so i just look at the camera and go these are my roommates upstairs i'm sorry there isn't anything i can do about this and then i go back (laughs) to writing my exam but again it only lasted for like five minutes yeah it was like two minutes of squeaky sound and then like five five minutes later they left (laughs) three minutes of crying Uh, yeah, but fuck those guys. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they never took out the trash. They That's... still never take out the trash. <laughs> Fork Watch 2021. Oh my god. So Fork Watch. Um, <laughs> at one point, I distinctly remember I was like, I was taking out the trash and I noticed that they, the trash can was full and it was trash day so like they could just take the trash out to the curb but they hadn't and instead they placed the trash bag full of their garbage next to the trash can <laughs> and i was so furious that i just remember like moving their trash moving the thing back and like i think something spilled out of their trash bag or something and like a plastic fork fell out onto like the right in front of their front door and I was like, they'll fucking pick this up. And it stayed there for fucking how long, Nick? I don't know, man. It was there in the winter. Uh, <laughs> Covered in snow. It, so you, every once you in had a while. Moved out, you had moved out and it was still going. <laughs> every once in a while, I'd go up, move the snow, and be like, yep, there's that fork. That same goddamn plastic fork. 
Yeah, fucking Fork Watch 20. At least eight months. It was there for at least eight months. It was probably really longer. It was really, really upsetting. You but just yeah. have bad luck with uh, garbage and roommates or people living in the same house as you, David. Because you I remember, just... you remember base the one who lived in the basement at our old yes. place. Yeah, I think just trash people have problems of getting rid of trash because <laughs> they don't recognize it as trash because they're like, oh, this is just like me. I guess I keep this. <laughs> this is family. <laughs> I have, ugh, I have so many issues still with them. I, I, there's, there was only one of them upstairs in the summer, but the garbage bin was always full because they didn't actually sort any shit. It was the worst. No, every, every two weeks or so, the guy in the basement at David's and mine's old place would come up and he would have three. This is the annoying part because the municipality we lived in had fairly strict rules about garbage. But he would come up with three full black bags of garbage and would just stuff them in the plastic garbage bin. But the issue with that was um, I don't think our municipality wanted garbage in bags. They wanted it loose. So you just toss it in and they dump it in the truck. And if they were in bags, they sure as hell couldn't be in black bags. And we told him this several times. We informed him of this fact several times. Didn't stop him from using black bag. So we, it got to the point where we were having to press down and hide the black garbage bags underneath our clear ones or loose garbage and hope that they didn't say no because then they wouldn't collect our whole garbage for two weeks. Yep. And that happened multiple times. I remember, garbage was only every two weeks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember. Actual I remember. Actual hell. I remember moving out of that place, and when he left, he pulled up about nine or ten bags of garbage and just threw them in the garage. And I was the last one to leave, and there was all that garbage in the garage, and the landlord was like, are you taking it? I was like, if we still have a truck at the end of the day. We didn't have a truck at the end of the day. And the landlord comes, and he's like, oh, I'm going to have to hire people to take this out. Like, You guys are going to get billed for this? And I was like, not in the least, so you can't, but cool. Uh, and he was like, you made the cardinal sin of moving out last. And I was like, what, what was I supposed to do? Like, explain to me, what was I supposed to do? Was I supposed to block them from leaving? Because that sounds like kidnapping. <laughs> All right. Anyways, back to the episode. <laughs> That's a rant rant that was rant way too rant long of a rant about trash. Uh, <laughs> we need to pad the episode so we can get to two hours. No. we don't. <laughs> Two hours? Oh, my God. No, we really don't. Uh, uh, well, shall right, we get to so, our season review? Yeah, because I have not okay. been able to find David's predictions yet, and I'm very sad about this. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was near the end. I, I've been trying. I'm listening will, to two different people all at the same time. <laughs> I will dig for my notebook, and we can we can go over them before we do the uh, the one shot. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I guess we'll start with uh, David. What was your impressions of season two going into it, actually having never seen it before? Mm -hmm. So um, from what I heard about Fringe, uh, everyone said that essentially Fringe really picked up in season two. Like season one was uh, good, but it definitely wasn't like peak Fringe. And it's season two is when it picked up and when it was like probably like the best. And I think, yeah, season two is definitely a step up from season one. Um, there's not as many sort of one-off episodes. A lot of more episodes are related to the overall plot, which I think is always a benefit because that's the strength of uh, television is when you have long overarching plots. Um, and 
I wasn't really pissed off at a lot of the fringe elements. There were still one or two that pissed me off. Yeah. But yeah. Not nearly as much as season one, which I felt like every other fringe element I would go really like at. <laughs> where most of these, I think also like this, this season had a lot of repeated ones where like they touched on the shapeshifters in the alternate universe a lot because that was sort of the main plot. So um yeah no I, I quite like season two i think it was better than season one and if fringe continues like this um until season five then yeah no fringe is a good show <laughs> yeah no that's all good points it definitely the show just feels more fun like they they know what story beats work and what don't like what like you said what fringe elements they should keep what like it should be closer to hard science fiction than science fantasy where they can't just hand wave and oh somehow they're doing this um yeah there's some that are that are silly like the the russian space ghost still makes me angry that entire <laughs> episode dust. knee deep in randy dust you listen Ooh. to that rant at the end if you want my feelings because that <laughs> episode still rubs me the wrong way um they and they tried new stuff too obviously with with brown betty is the most drastically different episode yeah but there's a lot more yeah there's a lot more character episodes in that it's a lot more how does this fringe element affect our character interactions and our character relationships because like oh oh sorry oh no sorry i was just gonna say that i think the one weakness of the season compared to season one is the overarching villain isn't as good no thomas jerome newton sucks yeah, Thomas Jerome um, Newton is no David Robert Jones. Omega Man is bad. And it, well, okay, but Omega Man is partially bad because they don't bring him up that much. Like, yeah, and that's like, that's what I mean is they they brought him up and then they do very little with him. He doesn't like, feel like a threat. Like what I, what I'll say is first of all, the actor playing him played him well. Uh, the way that he was written in made it hard for him to be a great villain, though, because he's meant to be this background um, shape. And at the end of the day, he's not meant to be the same level of villain that um, David Robert Jones is. Yeah. Um, like, he's but, he's very much just a soldier at the end of the day. He's just the, like, head of this division. Yeah. Head. But but the issue is the the writers kind of hyped him up as like oh they found their leader what are they gonna yeah. do and from then mo from momentum deferred it seems like he was gonna be a much bigger player in the season and then he kind of just disappears until he shows back up again yes and I'd argue at least partially that that has to do with how well they wrote and how well uh, David Robert Jones was acted in season one um like you're. You're yeah, expecting a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. of that, uh, I think my my issue from that also comes with how this is a low point of season two for me. Is they really built up this idea of this big war coming between universes, and oh, they're sending these soldiers over, and they're just the first wave. But really, that's the only wave we get to see, and it feels less like a war than a reconnaissance mission to get Peter. Like, I, 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 it's setting stuff up for later, but it, it really feels like they very rapidly changed directions on what was going to happen with the alternate universe, and it feels off to me. So I'm, I'm gonna like argue a little bit off of that, mainly because one of the things that, like, going into like a little bit of my season, um, like overview of the whole thing, 
Um, one of the things that like really worries me going in is the idea of shapeshifters and everything like that. Because when those are, if you implement those in a certain way and you make them a major core of your story, it brings in so many plot holes and it can make the entire like yeah. season and the entire show a lot worse. Um, like it, you need to introduce something that can, yeah, you need to introduce something that can detect shapeshifters to get because, around that. Because yeah, you if you and specifically the way that they do them in these, um, with the fact that shapeshifters can't really be detected until you've killed them. Um, if you have them be like a core core episode where if you decide like, oh yeah, no, they're the they're the start of the mm-hmm. army, season three just becomes shapeshifters, or season two just becomes shapeshifters. Like yeah. any season and it and it just becomes, oh my god, any of these people could be shapeshifters. Broyles could be a shapeshifter right now, and we wouldn't know. We gotta kill them to find out. And the the, <laughs> the season breaks down. I would agree with that, if not the fact that these shapeshifters specifically needed the like bodies of the people they turn into. Yes, I, I feel like you could have. limit could have. I feel like you could have had Walter come up with something, being like, "Oh, hey, their blood's mercury, but it's hidden." I, I like you could have done a blood test. You could have had Walter come up with something, and then just every now and then you you show FBI members or fringe members when they enter into the building, they got to do a little prick on their finger, and it goes, "Okay, not." not a shapeshifter. And then you can even do an episode where someone fails that test mm-hmm. and you go on this big manhunt for a shapeshifter and it shows that that paranoia is still there. Yeah. I think that would have been a cool idea. Maybe I just worry that if you bring in more than they did, that the show becomes, starts to revolve around it too much. Yeah. Um, and like yeah. not even just the season, but the show in general. Yeah. Um, that's the same problem with time travel. It's like yes. once you introduce time travel into a world, then the world has changed completely because it's like, why don't they just use time travel? Like it becomes there, the catch all because it's always there, there. Because there he died certain, in a car crash. There are certain <laughs> elements, there are certain elements of sci-fi that are really interesting to explore. But as soon as you bring them into a show, it can ruin a show. Yeah. yeah. Um, and fringe brings in both shapeshifters and time travel into the season and does a pretty good job at making it not ruin the show yeah uh, <laughs> the time travel one especially is completely self-contained well, yeah, that's, that's just a full-on closed loop yeah so, and yes. the observer stuff is kind of uh, a series overarching thing at this point with what's yeah. up with the observer yeah and if yeah. you and if instead they're like uh, like if, if you're gonna have like a whole like series arcing thing you don't want to have a lot of them and the observers no. is great um, because the observers you bring in at least once an episode, an observer shows up, and it's really good. Uh, mm-hmm. If they started doing the same thing with, oh, look, this person keeps showing up at every episode because they're time traveling. Or, oh, look, uh, there's these shapeshifters, and they keep showing up because they murder someone in every episode. It would have been really bad. Hey, a time traveler showing up in a couple episodes is a subplot to Gravity Falls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, like, Fringe already had their one. Um, yeah, yeah, and I that that's sort of that was sort of like like yes, this entire like this season is a really good season, but like that's sort of like the big thing that I want to bring up because you guys do a pretty good job of being like yes, here's the good things that are going on, but like yeah, one of probably one of the most important things is that they navigated some plot points that can that like have like proven to like ruin shows, ruin movie series, um, and they do a decent job at not having it ruin the season here. Yeah. Without much 
also like fan uh canon or like fan um explanations as well like yes. they do a good job of explaining it in universe for why like these why it doesn't break the show as well it, and, it could also just be explained as like maybe they were wrong and a war isn't like everyone has misread this as a war is coming but really it's just a guy trying to get his kid back yeah. i mean it yeah. does sort of seem like that as well because um when they do jump into the altered universe and over there like walternate does have that sort of similar rhetoric that a war is coming like these are the invaders and stuff so it does seem like a bit like cold war paranoia on both sides yeah, yeah. and um like the yeah the shape the shapeshifters as spies works um and like you can definitely you can you can ruin a lot of fringe if you just go oh yeah no but there are shapeshifters and all of this can be fucked because of that um so i'm kind of glad that they limited the shapeshifters to this amount so that there's less arguing that can happen of like like if the shapeshifters were an even larger part of the season then you could just be like yeah no i i can write off entire parts of this season because of shapeshifters well, they also uh, do a good job with the, I think it's the one episode where. Wait, what, what episode are you talking about? I have no recollection of that. Oh, fuck. You <laughs> might need to cut that. <laughs> Spoilers. I swear to God, that was an episode. Spoilers. <laughs> I have that absolutely means... no recollection of that from this season. Was that um, man I will... from the other side. Spoilers. Uh, I will Charlie also. Charlie fucked I will... up. <laughs> I will also say because so Char Charlie's watched all of um Fringe from like season one up through the at least the start of season five. Um I had the weird <laughs> thing nice. Uh <laughs> I had the weird thing where I had not seen season one and I've now that I've seen season two, uh basically none of season two. I think I saw the end of this season um on TV, and then I saw like maybe the start of season three. Like we're gonna get mm -hmm. into season three and I'm gonna find out how much of season three I saw on TV when this initially aired. <laughs> um because it was like none of season two. Yeah, because uh, Charlie's the only one who's really seen the show all the way through most recently out of yes. all of us. Because you rewatched it with your girlfriend. Yes. Um, like right as we were starting this. Yeah. And like I've season I've seen season one like four times at this point. Um <laughs> But I had this is my first like actual like full watch through of season two, uh, and what a way uh, yeah, to do I'm it! To what a way to do it! God, it's so weird because uh, like I know these plot points that are from fucking season four, but I don't oh, yeah, know how much no, of season three I know. <laughs> you do need to cut that. All right, fucking that will hell, be Charlie. That I will say in my defense, it's from an early episode in season three. Still, <laughs> oh, that'll I get cut. It was this one. I'm oh sorry. man, I can't wait for that scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just get so angry at Charlie for that scene. <laughs> Anyways, oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> we've been so good. There's been like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, David, that is the first mess up of of this of the podcast. Yeah, I feel so bad. I it, the seasons blur together because I'm working from memory at this point. Yeah, no, that's that's fair, but like, but yeah, no, we've been funny. pretty good. We've been yeah. pretty good about it, I think. Um, I think I had to cut one other thing, but that was also just talking about a later episode in the season back in season yeah. one. I think it was I we were talking that. about the next episode, and you went no. Yeah, and I went, yeah. guys, this isn't allowed next time. Uh, yeah. But yeah, 
so that's I don't know my my review there of the season is very weird, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, essentially, well, well done. It was interesting to actually see the entire season uh, for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, me too. And uh, <laughs> good, good job, good job, Fringe team on not breaking it, breaking the entire TV show on mm-hmm. two sections that break a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Um. Let's get into the weird stuff starting at the beginning. Uh, Meghan Markle's in the show for a bit. <laughs> I, I'm just yeah, going to get that right out of the way. They seem to set up the fact that Meghan Markle was going to either replace Anna Torv or be added to the fringe team. I think they... she was meant to replace Charlie, in all honesty, because that seems yep. like... Oh, that would have worked. Right? Because she was sort of the, uh, also an FBI agent. Um, she was sort of a liaison for them for a bit. So it would fit naturally when Charlie got outed or when Charlie died, actually, for her to replace that spot. Because I do feel like they were missing a character from a lot of the episodes. Like for that just sort of um, hands-on sort of FBI leader or that connection with the FBI. Yeah. Which I felt Broyles ended up taking over. Which, again, I think we commented felt a little weird. Yeah, that with, the head of the division is the one like calling for the uh, attack squads and shit. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, that that was definitely interesting having Meghan Markle here for, and it wasn't only one episode. Was it uh, only yeah, Night of literally, Desirable Objects? No, was, she's she's a new day in the old town and Night of Desirable Objects. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, because I remember it, it was basically yeah, it was setting up um, very religious Charlie for season two. Yeah, because she was linking all the old fringe events to uh, Bible terms. Yeah, and they just completely I- ignored that. I mean, I think in the episode we commented that uh, the writers said like, "Oh no, yeah, she'll be coming back. She's going to be a very large part of the season." <laughs> and then there's nope. <laughs> but what if contract she negotiations did not go well? Yeah, this was. It really just seemed like they they set her up to join, and then she was like, "No, I'm gonna go marry a prince." Well, she did suits. Well, first. she did suits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I ignore all that. <laughs> um, yeah that that was that was certainly sort of a weird thing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the middle of the season, like the like first first half, um, like episodes like five through like nine, kind of felt like a slog. They felt uh, yeah. very filler because, again, I think because they set up the whole shapeshifter thing and then it took so long to get back to it. <laughs> like, yeah, because well, was... what do we we go through dream logic, which is um, scared uh, so bad that their hair turns white. No, no, that's the one where they're uh, like exhausted because the dude's stealing in their dreams to get. Oh, them. right, right. Then um, we do Earthling, which is the Russian space ghost. Knee deep yep. in Randy does. Yep. Um, of uh, human suckage, which was uh, psycho child mind control. Yeah. Uh, August, which is actually a really good episode in the yes. middle of this lineup, um, where we get more about the observers and and we get cool science gun. Yeah, we get cool science gun. He's killed by normal gun. Um, <laughs> Super lame. We have Snakehead, which is really full of nope, but a nice character development episode between Astrid and Walter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gray Matters, which is very plot relevant um, because we get uh, Omega Man back. Uh, We get Walter. Why is Walter crazy? Um, At the end of that episode, do we see um, William Bell telling him that he's going to take parts of his brain out? Mm, Is that the end of the the episode scene? I don't 
think so. I don't believe it oh, is. Oh, yes. No, it is. Oh, it is? As Walter oh, yeah. undergoes a follow-up MRI, he flashes back to a past surgery where oh, he's being right. operated yes, yes. on by William Bell. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't because... think we see him. I think we just hear his voice. Yeah. No, I think you see him like look down at the camera. I, I, he's oh, okay. in there, at least. It's, it's uh, for a split second, then, because I don't yeah. call it. And then Grey Matters is really where stuff kind of picks back up again. I mean, we have uh, Unearthed after that. Well, yeah, Unearthed is just weirdness. Um, Unearthed was... on the on the DVD is a special feature, which is <laughs> which makes all sense. you need to know. Um, uh, Yohari is... Wind. Uh, I, I gotta say, filler keeps going for a bit because we have Yohari yep. Window as well. Um, what lies below, filler. which is a good episode, but also just filler. Um, the Bishop Revival, which is backstory into uh, Walter's father as well. <laughs> Yay, um, Nazis. Yeah, Nazis. And hey, isolate, until... isolate that clip on Nick and then send it to me. <laughs> oh, oh, please, right. no. It isn't until Jacksonville that we get back into the main story again. Because yes. that's when yeah. we go into the Kotexa fan kids and stuff. But 11, 12, and 13 are all really good episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Jacksonville is where the, the season, like, we, we go see episodes one through four, like up to Momentum Deferred. Um, fucking like great start to the season, and then a bunch of episodes five through yep, nine of episodes. nothing. <laughs> um, and then we hit back, hit back with Jacksonville to them going. Oh wait, we got to get back to the whole series, or the whole season plot, and boom. So the, basically, Jacksonville onward. Jacksonville, Peter, um, Olivia in the lab. Olivia in the lab with the revolvers. It's a little I mean, bit less. It deals it, with Cortex-a-fan. Cortex-a-fan. Yeah, it ends up, fan again. Especially with the finale, ends, it ends up being very important. Like, what, uh, what I will say is um, Olivia in the Lab with the Revolver and White Tulip are very much, like, the two episodes where they're like, okay, we gotta, like, tone it back a little bit, but they still yeah. bring a lot of, like, seri- like season-heavy, uh, like, plot elements into those episodes. Yeah. White Tulip, I would say, is a standalone episode. It doesn't really it's... tie much in aside from character development, but it is a very yeah. solid standalone episode. Yes, like. yes. Yeah. Uh, man from the other side obviously super plot heavy uh, brown betty is great in its weirdness and mm-hmm. is a nice little like okay we just had a big stretch of lore dumped on you take a breath we're gonna kind of just decompress for a second and then we're gonna ramp fully into uh, well we don't our- northwest passage is not fully into yeah well it's like okay we have two breathing periods so we have super weird fringe episode we don't want to just drop you back in full ramped up season finale we're going to do northwest passage to remind you peter's a character and then we're going to go into series if you think about the last three episodes just as a movie i would say northwest passage would be act one right like yeah yeah. because that sets up the prologue that sets up like the main uh conflict yeah the main conflict and stuff so you can definitely think of the last three episodes as an arc in itself yep yeah yeah no they're definitely yeah it's definitely a three-part um yeah Mm -hmm. little series and like a film there yeah, the season finale is a ton of fun to watch. It is really fun to watch. Just so they many do. Easter eggs and like little details that you only notice on like a second and a third rewatch, or if you pause it while you're watching it. Yep, it is. Oh, it's a solid. It's and a solid sh- finale. Also, Anna Tor- Anna Torv can act. Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah, she can. <laughs> Like, Anna Torv can act, and we learn that Peter likes Ginger Olivia way more. <laughs> <laughs> and we also learn that Washington State makes you a psychopath. <laughs> oh, that's, Which means that there's is... no psychopaths in alternate fringe because it is southern British Columbia. Yep. They, they, well, no, that's because they realized and they annexed it off to Canada because they're happier. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah. Oh, I, I, I will say. So, see, season one, the the best running gag that we had was definitely um, Papa Broyles. Uh, no, <laughs> just not Pro- Papa Broyles. It was definitely um, fucking the Ghost Network. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, was the best network. season one. I thought you were going to say, um, "Oh no, that's this season." A grown man and a sixteen-year-old. <laughs> no, but so so my my favorite my favorite joke from this one. The one what that a I hope great joke in. to come out of a shit episode. God, <laughs> we got to pull this grown man out of this sixteen-year-old, seventeen-year-old. <laughs> excuse you. Uh, yeah, because in a couple months she'll be eighteen. It's going to hit on Peter. <laughs> Such a weird ass episode. <laughs> But my favorite, my favorite, my favorite joke that I hope just becomes running from this is definitely Washington State being just the worst. Oh yeah, no, that's. I hope it's, that remains a permanent fixture, just you even outside of this. You don't hope Bishop really remains. Bishop <laughs> is fine, but Washington State was so good because we all just started going with it. Washington <laughs> State was great because overall Northwest Passage, very important episode to the overall plot, kind of boring. Like, and we and we were like, oh, but what if Peter was just the worst human being? What if ever? he verbally abused everyone he came across in this episode because he's well, no, being and physically abused? <laughs> yes, we did say he backslapped several yeah. people, like backhanded several people. Oh, oh man. Okay, what then would your favorite fringe element be from David's list of fringe elements, which? <laughs> Uh, I'll just I'll just list them off. Uh, alternate universe, weird super baby, exclo- exploding people, shapeshifters slash sensing shapeshifters, stealing dreams, ash space ghost, child mind control, observer slash Stockholm syndrome, <laughs> medicine tapeworms, stealing brain parts, ghosts possessing people, X Files monster people, 2020 anti mask, 2020 Nazis wet dream. Cortexafan, flashback Peter backstory, cancer transfer, time travel, uh, TJN alternate universe. What is TJN? Thomas Jerome Newton. Newton. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, Fake heart drug trip (laughs) for Brown (laughs) Betty. Serial killer slash Washington State. (laughs) And then alternate universe for the last two. David, what's Uh, your favorite fringe element? I'm going to I'm going to say that we should probably exclude time like White Tulip because I think all of us are going to say White Tulip because it was a really good episode. White, White Tulip is my favorite episode of the season, but it's not my favorite fringe element. Okay, cool. Just just looking at it from a favorite fringe element. Um I think exploding people were cool. Like the entire thought behind Project Tin Man as well as how it was executed, I thought was really cool, as well as the sort of end result having to be sort of, oh, if we do the, like, uh, do an opposing frequency, it'll stop them from exploding. I think just the fringe element of the episode was was cool. Also, this is kind of like a perfect, like, you can go back and watch uh, the Battlestar Galactica most recent series, and you can kind of capture a bit of American mindset in that show where a lot of the episodes dealt with relevant political themes going on. And this episode of Fridge feels very, very similar, where it's, oh no, suicide bombers could be anyone in America at any time. Yeah. Yep. With the, like, the turned patriot as well, with like, him being such a high-level commander in the army. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and they even go to Iraq. Like, it's yeah, a this very, is, oh yeah, that is, it's very is much such like a suicide weird bomber episode. Like, episode. But I thought the fringe of it was pretty cool. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Charlie, you want to go? or Okay. Um, I am going to actually stick with, so it's not quite the Cortexa fan side of things mm-hmm. um, from Jacksonville, but I really like the whole uh, transfer back and forth of objects um that we see uh in that one uh like i really like the whole oh look we brought this car we we did this with the car um (laughs) oh hey look we sent this building over and merged a dude with himself yeah uh i don't know i I really like that because especially like they they bring in the whole like oh you know how like everyone thought that that was a funny university prank when we put that car around a statue um they're like oh man how did those engineers do it now that was me by accident i'm sorry (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The whole equal mass part of that episode was, uh, I thought, was interesting as well because that brings some logic to it. Yeah, that that's yeah, the most they, like hard sci-fi that the Fringe really gets close to. They did, they did. A, I thought they did a really like really good job of bringing it in, and the Cortexa fan side of things as well, and bringing in the Cortexa um, fan kids was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the Burroughs is X Men. That that was so upsetting. They they we we talk about this in previous things, but man, there there could have been so many spinoffs of Fringe. <laughs> and they all came out of like the part one of the season finale. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah. In general, just the whole like mass transfer and that we see in uh, the alternate universes and mm-hmm. the like issues that happen by doing it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, on a similar vein, I'm gonna say, kind of just the Cortexa fan abilities. Just because, like, the entire Cancer Man episode, I just, I really like it because it just basically feels like the writers went, what if the X-Men couldn't control themselves and they had really shit superpowers? Yeah. Because that's mean, what yeah. all the Cortexa fan patients kind of feel like. Like, they don't oh, I'm have a revert. shit superpowers. I would say their powers are pretty awesome. To uh, yeah, Nick Lane's power is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, uh. sorry. They, <laughs> what if they had, like, they're not even like normal superpowers. Like no, a guy yeah. who can cure any disease. That's not really a superhero. That's just a really good doctor. That's a magic doctor. Mm-hmm. He is just magic medicine man. <laughs> and but then you also get into complications with Nick's powers, where it's like, oh, cool, he can make someone feel happy. But does that make them feel happy all the time? Like, is it voluntary? Do they are they okay with feeling happy after he's gone? Nick, um, Nick Lane is just drugs. But what if it was a human? Yeah, and that is that I is basically think, what his thing is. But it's also is, that yeah. he has to feel the feelings. So when he when the fact that he is suicidal and that he does want to kill himself is a big turn on his powers. Yeah, because if he was just like, uh, like a perfectly happy person, then his powers wouldn't really have a, this downside. But the fact that he is suicidal is what makes his powers so dangerous. Yeah, yeah, and it kind of, I always liked it because it it always seemed like the logical progression of okay, cool, he can, like, you can transfer diseases, but what if he can't control that and he had cancer? Or he can send emotions to other people, but what if he can't control that? Or, like, what if he just feels suicidal? Like, yeah, you can make people feel happy, but what if he just made everyone feel sad? Or even the pyrokinetic, like, she's just going to spontaneously combust. Like, that idea and that kind of devolution of X-Men and superheroes in general that they do in the second half of the season, I always really liked because it's like, we got the X-Men team together and they're all dead. <laughs> and they've all killed themselves. Because oh, well. if they, it, was very, it was very Deadpool 2. If they don't have perfect <laughs> control over their powers, they are going to die. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so um, then favorite episodes. We already know Charlie's. <laughs> White Tulip, best episode of the se- series. It was um, a very good episode. What about you, Nick? 
Um, I'll pick one other than White Tulip after you. So, so I'm I'm kind of torn between Brown Betty because Brown Betty was really really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I really liked Jahari Window, and I also really liked August. Um, oh, like I, I was I think I was gonna go with August. August is really back, yeah as a standalone uh, gonna, episode. August is great. August is really good. If if you're gonna go with August, mm-hmm. um, I'm. We've we've talked so much about Brown Betty. I'm just gonna kind of go like under a little bit and go with Johari Window then, just because it was. I thought it was really like really really cool to bring back in these or to have it be the whole like ooh, there's this kind of like spooky like it was very mystery like. Um, yeah, and how they did it. There's no monsters. There's no, no like clear there's, there's villain no, in that episode. No. no, you've you've got a bunch of people who are trying to just live their lives and um because of what happened to them, they have to, you know, do a couple more things than they probably should and, you know, stop yeah. people from figuring out their secret. But other than that, it's just, they're just trying to live their lives. It was a really, I really liked that episode for that. It was really cool. Yeah. David? Oh, uh, I definitely, uh, I would say August then. I think having that look into the observers um, a little more detailed and also seeing that they're not, like, infallible or some sort of alien uh, race of unfeeling people is nice to sort of add more lore and character to them and they have been such an important element in fringe overall and like the overall episode is also really interesting because it is like that kind of thing of um i could change the future if i wanted to i know how but i'm not supposed to i'm just gonna do it anyways yeah like she has to die because she's not important mm-hmm. and now well i guess i'll make her important because she's responsible for my death is always a a cool twist on it. Yeah. Uh, my one other than White Tulip, I'm going to say, is What Lies Below. Just because it's a, it's basically, it's in essence, it's a bottle episode. The main set is just that business, that office building. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say business house. <laughs> <laughs> business house. That's where business lives. <laughs> um, but just Joshua Jackson's acting in that is really good. The entire concept, while I, I did mention it's, kind of uh homage to x-files which is almost an homage to the thing it's still it the reason people keep doing it is because it makes for a good episode you get to have the paranoia of who's infected you don't know and the infection's trying to hide and it kind of preys on that i believe natural fear of especially now of this hidden disease that you might have and not know it and it kind of makes you want to hide it It, it's a super fun episode Mm -hmm. My only problem with it is that it's too real. Yeah, it's too real now. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. too real um, right now. I will, 2019. I will also say, oh, what a magical episode. <laughs> I will also say, uh, runner-up for the Fringe Element one, now that I'm like thinking about it a little bit more, um, the Bishop Revival and the targeted assassination, really cool. Yeah. Uh, the, the targeted assassination by DNA? Yeah, that's yeah. why it's called 2020 Nazis Wet Dream. <laughs> <laughs> that that uh, one was that one was really cool. Yeah. Uh, just, just as a little. That one also back, had the super, was... that super weird hanging thread line of like, how did he get your dad's research? And then they show a photo of him, and he has an age. Yeah, because he's an immortal. Yep. He's an immortal Nazi. Like, what apparently the fuck? he was an immortal Nazi. <laughs> That's definitely a problem I have with that episode. <laughs> yes, the immortal Nazi. They don't. I don't know about. if we are supposed. It's why it's not a best episode, but it's. I, the, I the don't know if we were supposed to draw conclusions that like because he can this thing can target specific genes you can like target your telomeres and not age uh, i i don't know that 
Yeah, that's definitely a weird standout part for that episode. Oh, yeah. Still a good episode. Oh, that's the episode where I was going to go to the World Tolerance Organization. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> and it's like, of course, yeah, that's where the Nazis are hitting. God. <laughs> that was also the one where we just went no he didn't turn he wasn't he was a nazi spy the whole time (laughs) Uh, yeah this was this was a good season yeah all right david we're reaching the end and this time because it'll be easier for me to find when we eventually do this again i want to hear your predictions for season three okay um predictions for season three so Ooh, also, if you want, give predictions for season five, because I want to hear how those change over time <laughs> and how you think season five is going to okay. be terrible. Okay, okay, okay. So season three, I think, so we've already had now with the end of season two, Olivia is replaced with a fake. Yes. End of season one was Charlie getting replaced with a fake or beginning of season two. I think the end of season three is another main cast member being replaced with a fake. <laughs> but which main cast member? <laughs> I'm thinking Broyles. Probably Broyles. Or uh, or Astrid would make the most sense. What do you mean um, it can't be Peter? <laughs> <laughs> but okay. yeah, definitely another character is going to get replaced. Um, I think we're we're probably due for another main character death as well. I don't know who, but I think we are due for one. Um, uh, just because. Fringe does deal a lot with death and what comes sort of after, not even what comes after death, but like sort of cheating death. Shows shows getting too successful. They don't have the budget. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like all of season one was dealing with, um, what's his name? White dude, John Scott. (laughs) It was like him dying in the first episode, but him still sort of being there for the entire season as a uh, connection, right? So I think like, because that's a big thing, like the whole four hours after death, like that sort of communicating after death, which hasn't been brought back up. So I think that will probably get touched upon in season three as well. Um, and then I've been just going to do a cold shot for foreshadowing. Uh, uh, Rachel dies. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Rachel dies or is a spy or gets replaced with a shapeshifter or like. Something, all, of the, all of the above. <laughs> something with Rachel or something with Rachel's husband, like that kind of um, connection. Oh, and Bye, then we Gregory. just lost Craig. <laughs> Bye, Gregory. This is good to know you. Anyways, um, any other predictions for season three, David? Or if not, I want to hear you're just called shot for season five. Um, well, there's more what's happening with the alternate universe. Like, I want to hear uh, guesses yes. on that. Oh, so I think alternate universe is definitely going to get way worse because they were getting worse with their sort of uh, fringe events. So, um, uh, to, I, I think the cleanest way to wrap up the alternate universe, I don't know if fringe would do this, but like a, like a merge of universes, maybe combining both universes into one. Because okay. they talked about how the second universe is unstable now after the breach. And so in my thought process, that means they wanted, so Walternet wanted to destroy the first universe. And I don't think that's only out of of revenge. Destroying it must somehow also fix his universe. So I think, yeah, the plot of season three will probably have to deal with trying to fix the holes Walter created in the universes, which I don't know how they would do that either through combine like yeah combining universes is, is my bet bet because that's sort of the like 
optimistic compromise like looking at it meta wise like you don't want the res- resolution to be like yeah no we just killed everyone in the alternate universe right like <laughs> that would not be a, just a good meta that would resolution be a fucking dark take on it yeah that would be uh like the, the resolution hey man, maybe that's why maybe that's why we hate season five <laughs> like, the resolution shouldn't just be like yeah no we couldn't live with them so we killed them all like i feel like the the like optimistic like happy resolution to it because would be like combining universes or fixing both universes through some sort of compromise um so yeah that's definitely what i think is going to tie up that end uh even if it doesn't get tied up in season three i could see that being led into season four as well because that's sort of a big thing if they want to tackle it in one season um and season five what do i think will happen in season five um uh the f- it's just it's just criminal minds <laughs> what in what way there's no fringe anymore it's just regular serial killers oh <laughs> they're just solving regular serial murders man that would be uh that would be rough and it's not as good because it's them trying to be detectives. And they're like, Walter, maybe you know something? And Walter's just like, a fuck if I know. <laughs> Listen, we got out of the fringe thing. It's, it's bad now. <laughs> uh, All right. Yeah, those, All right. those would be my call shots. Yeah. Cool. We'll see how those to... pan out. Yeah. Can't wait to ask the same thing at the start of next, uh, <laughs> at the next one. <laughs> See what David's changed about his season five called shots. In what four months at this rate? We'll have we been recording them. Um, we did this one got posted. Um, the season one one got posted in August. So damn. Uh, yep. Yeah, about four months because this one comes yep. out in two ish weeks. So yep. yeah, be a little bit over four months. That's that's a little crazy, but hey, we're, yeah. we've been still doing it. We've been chugging along Woo-hoo. somehow. Well yeah. done, us. I honestly think pandemic has helped so much. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah. what else would we be doing? <laughs> oh yeah, pandemic has made this where it's okay to be a weekly thing because it kind of keeps us sane. Yeah, I get to be like, they're still alive. Cool. A yep. nice little weekly check in. Yeah, let's <laughs> get. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that'll yeah bring us yeah. to the end of the episode. Thank you all for listening to our season two special features episode and recap and David's predictions. Uh, like I said, we'll do the, I think the one shot is up next. Yeah. Uh, and we'll, before that, I'll see if I can find my David season two predictions and see how well they match up. Cause you did get some stuff, right? You definitely mm-hmm. called some shots. I remember having to talk with Charlie. Yeah, there was a hey. couple of times where we were like, shit, he's he's on this. Hey, I called Nina and Broyles, and that is the <laughs> most amazing called shot I've ever made in my entire life. <laughs> because it was literally off of them sitting next to each other on a bench. <laughs> um, and me going, aw, they fucking. <laughs> but yeah, stay tuned for our... Um, our fringe one shot our tabletop rpg one shot set in the fringe universe that should be our next episode and then after that we're diving straight into season three which should be a very very fun time um and we'll see how correct david is and how wrong david mostly is um and i think these are season three is some of my fondest memories of fringe um i like a lot of season three i like a lot most of the show Basically, I like all the seasons that I've seen. 
And you haven't seen all of season and five. And I haven't seen season five. <laughs> but if you want to listen to more, um, or if you want to tell your friends where to listen to more because you really enjoyed this episode, uh, you can find us on any podcatching service, the main ones being Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, our home at Podbean. You can tell your Amazon Alexa to play Four Seasons in a Funeral. You can probably tell your Google Home to play Four Seasons in a Funeral from Spotify. Um, if you want to occasionally see us play video games, every now and then we'll do a stream on Twitch at Forsap. If you want to see David lose his mind because our audio is messed up, uh, follow the Twitter at Forsaf, and you can see him live tweet his editing sessions. And if you just want to send us uh, hidden things you noticed or rant about how wrong we are about the entire overarching plot and how the show is actually a masterpiece all the way through, and that is too long for 240 characters, 280 characters, then you can email us at forsaf at gmail.com. Uh, the mailbag, as always, I'm assuming is empty. Yes. Hey, David gets it is to empty. say those words. The mailbag yeah. is empty. <laughs> the mailbag is empty. <laughs> but yeah, we hope you come back for another episode. Outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a Attribution Non-Commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license. <laughs>